Martin banks it off. Sutter is up with it there. Right around in front. Score! Live. In the entertainment capital of the world. Leading goal scorer on the team. Threw one in front. Score! It's the T.C. Martin Show. A tie game on the power play. Hodgson was at the front of the net. They are. Time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. A power play goal by the captain, T.C. Martin. It's brushed on back by Richard Fuchsum. Right up front, Yager, Bennett, side of the net. Score! The doctor is now in. Happy Friday to you as we uh, get ready for a weekend, but it'll be a weekend without hockey here in Las Vegas. As the Golden Knights lose last night in Montreal, game number six. Yours truly, VGK, Ballpark Frank, be breaking it down for you today. We are live at Sunset Station right here at the STN Sports Studio. You gotta love it, the STN Mobile Sports Studio. Get that mobile app if you don't have it already and get ready to wager on some fantastic games over the course of this weekend or as well as some boxing, some UFC and all that stuff as well too. We've got NBA playoffs We do have a Game 7 tonight in the NHL, of course, with Tampa Bay and the Islanders. Uh, So, yeah, get the mobile app ready to go. College World Series, Major League Baseball, a plethora of things to wager on the STN mobile app. So we are live here at Sunset Station on this Friday afternoon. Glad to have you with us today. We want to talk of Golden Knights and uh, love to get your take as well, too, at some point during the show today as well. Uh, with your phone calls, 221-7283. I'm very curious to see and hear from Golden Knights fans today on how they're feeling because, Frank, this is one of these days that uh, it's a wrap-up show. Wrapped up uh, the season last night with a loss, the series. I know a lot of Golden Knights fans were hoping to have that game number seven at T-Mobile Arena on Saturday night, well, we don't have to worry about what we're going to do Saturday night, whether it was uh, go uh, over to the Virgin Hotels to see Lomachenko in the, in the boxing, the top rank in ESPN, and try to get both of those functions in because the Golden Knights will not be playing a Game 7. And unfortunately, another disappointing end to a season and into a series for the Golden Knights. Well, yeah, and especially when you consider what a huge favorite they were, and a lot of people overlooked Montreal. I think uh, we were guilty of that to a little bit. I thought that Vegas was the better team. On paper, I still think they're the better team, but Montreal made some adjustments after game one. Their penalty kill was absolutely sensational. And uh, let's give it up to the Montreal Canadiens. I I thought they outplayed them. I thought Carey Price was very good. I'm not putting this on the Vegas goaltending, whether it's Leonard or Fleury, but, um, you know, Sometimes teams find a groove, and Montreal is the consummate counterpuncher, and now they're going to the uh, Stanley Cup final trying to win the first Canadian Stanley Cup since 1993. There have been five Canadian teams that made it to the final. All five of those teams ended up losing in the final, so we'll see what happens there. And there is a Game 7 tonight between the Islanders and the Tampa Bay Lightning. I believe Tampa Bay is about a minus 165 in that one. Uh, the status on Kucherov right now is up in the air. I guess it's a game-time decision, so we'll see if he plays or not. But I never trust coaches, especially at this time of year, for what's going on there. But, yeah, I, I thought it was interesting uh, listening to some of the post-game show on the, on the way home last night after going out and watching the game with some friends and then looking at Twitter and, you know, the other social media platforms and that. And people are either very positive, saying uh, tough season, but we'll come back even stronger and better to all the way to basically fire everybody, you know. Uh, hey, you know, Pete the 
core's got to go. We need new coaches. We need new players. They all let us down. And it's like, well, uh, pump your brakes because remember this. Whenever you say fire everybody, who are you replacing them with? <laughs> you know? I mean, it's great that you're mad at somebody and you're going to blame them for it. You fire Pete DeBoer, what coach out there that's available right now is better than Pete DeBoer? You're not going to get rid of Stone and Pacioretty and those guys, even though they, they certainly did not uh, take care of things here in this series against Montreal, but, you know, people overreact and social media, everybody gets their uh, their little say on everything, and a lot of people just kind of show that they really have no idea what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> it's still a, I don't want to say... Relatively new? Yeah, I was going to say, you know, well, the franchise, as we know, is still in their infancy. Okay, we get that. And therefore, you still have... They don't have that diehard fan base. You don't have the most educated hockey fans. And again, that's not an insult. I mean, that's just a fact, and that's expected. And there are some people that know their hockey and love their hockey that follow the Golden Knights, that are Golden Knights season ticket holders and watch every game. But, again, there are people, and there's nothing wrong with this at all, people that just go to the games for the atmosphere, for the party, and, and that's fine. So, And watching again, the game doesn't mean you know the game. Exactly. I think that's what you're alluding to. Yeah, I exactly. think the fans are yeah. diehard, yeah. but they're but like you said, they're not the most knowledgeable. Although yeah. there are a lot that are very yeah. knowledgeable, yeah. but but the overreaction, and I realize that's the world we live yeah. in and probably always has been, but now with social media, you just see it, bang, right in your face that much quicker and yeah. that much more. Everybody has an opinion, you know, with social media. We you know understand what those that. are like. And, and <laughs> the thing is, too, yes, we've talked about this so many times, you get spoiled. In season one, these fans got spoiled. You go to the Stanley Cup. Because, again, you know, we remember from the inception here, you know, prior uh, just the announcement, it's like, wow, okay, Golden Knights. I mean, are, are you kidding me? You know, first of all, hockey in the desert, okay. You know, it'll, it'll work. It'll be maybe a novelty for a little bit. It'll be a honeymoon period for a bit. And then, again, they Bill Foley and company went about things uh, the right way. Uh, they promoted it properly. Uh, they gave the fans great engagement opportunities to go to T-Mobile Arena. And then, lo and behold, boom, they're good. <laughs> and they start winning. And so a fan base does get spoiled with victory. And we're not talking about just having more wins and losses in that inaugural season. We're not talking about maybe you know getting to the playoffs and win, winning a series or two. They did three and almost won four going to the Stanley Cup Finals. So, And I think that's great. I think it's fantastic. It has really helped elevate the uh, popularity of, of not only the Golden Knights, but the NHL in Las Vegas, but sports in general as well, too. And and you can point to the Golden Knights having success, why the Raiders made it a point to come here, why the Las Vegas Aces made it a point to come here, why we're now having these conversations about Major League Baseball and the NBA. I mean, the Oakland A's very, very, very soon could be calling Las Vegas home, and the Golden Knights have a lot to do with that. So, again, I don't get wrapped up in, in what people say and like you said maybe you know social media and not having the most knowledgeable fan base and everything of that nature and, people want to win. Sure ha- win there's nothing wrong with that yeah i'm sure that happens in every city oh, yeah. e- even the cities where the original six and that there's still some fans out there that don't know what they're talking about or they want to spew their information we heard that and, in nashville we heard it in nashville years ago and, and other places and, and like that too. too i remember it in san jose yeah it, it, in an awful Way lot of ways when. remember social media sometimes is just hater aid too mm-hmm. a lot of people just want to spew their you know get things off their chest and be mean and evil and say everything's got to change or whatever but i am curious to see what they do in the office season. I know one of the excuses that a lot of Vegas Golden Knights fans had, it seemed like this entire playoff, 
uh, even before the Colorado series when they were expecting that maybe they would lose that. And we heard the narrative of, well, you can't have $12 million in goalies. I mean, that's too much. It's like 20% of the salary cap. It's too much money. They've got to do something. What are they going to do with Leonard and Fleury? Well, for those people, I'm just going to say one thing. Montreal Canadiens have $14 million in salary cap. Carey Price makes $10.5 million himself, and they also have a backup goalie. So don't put it just on there's too much money in goaltenders. The tandem of Leonard and Fleury worked this year. It worked very, very well. And that's not the reason they lost her in the playoffs. Montreal outplayed him, and let's make no mistake about it. And Mark Stone, to his credit, took full culpability last night. He said he stunk it up. He, he didn't do anything. He didn't have a point. You know, he's the captain of the team. He had chances. Pacioretty had chances. Yeah, Pacioretty and then Smith last night finally got a goal. They got nothing from their top two lines, essentially. The defenseman did most of the scoring. And the power play, you can't go over 15. <laughs> It's it's just inexcusable. You can't do it. All right, let's uh, replay the game from last night. Let's uh, go to the goal scoring. We talked about it all series long. The team that gets out and scores first advantage, especially if it's Montreal. And guess what happened last night? The Canadians, first period, score first. Weber got the first goal for Montreal. Uh, then Riley Smith. He comes back and, and answers the bell uh, for the Golden Knights, and then next thing you know, I mean, here we are in the first period, and, and it's 1-1. And, and, and to the Golden Knights' credit, they, they did bounce right back immediately, and they did score. I think it was only 48 seconds later that uh, Riley Smith scored. So, but, but again, it's still that mindset of chasing a game. Yeah, they came back quickly, but they were still chasing the game at that point. So, you know, uh, it's... Uh, it's very tough to do, especially against a team like Montreal. And that Weber goal, that you know, the one guy on this team on the defense, well, maybe Petrangelo, the way that he played in that series as well, because he was sensational in the playoffs. But you don't expect Alec Martinez to make that turnover and give it to Shea Weber, who hadn't scored a goal in this series, but he still has one of, if not the hardest shots in the NHL. Now, I get it. Martinez's stick broke. Those kind of things happen. But, boy, I mean... I don't think Robin Leonard was ready at all for Shea Weber to have the puck from there because he knew that Martinez was the guy in the corner. Those are turnovers that can really hurt you. You know, we talked about the team that scores first, especially Montreal. That quick start again, Montreal 10-2 when they score the first goal in the playoffs, when they score two goals, 10-0 and in the playoffs. So obviously that added up to another loss for the Golden Knights. And, you know, when, when we were in the first period there and we had this nip-and-tuck game, we said, okay, we know what's happening here. We're going to get another low-scoring game. What is going to happen with that second period? And we've seen pivotal pivotal second periods during the course of this with both teams, uh, you know, either one succumbing or one really, you know, taking the lead here. And then Caulfield hit that goal for for Montreal in, in the second period. And then as we head uh, you know, head to the third with the Golden Knights trailing 2-1 again, I don't know about you, but it just had that feeling like, okay, I don't believe or just don't have the feeling that they can get over the hump here again. And especially the way Montreal is playing, the way uh, they've had this confidence basically brewing really for after the first game on. And uh, like you said, you know, Martinez, you know, he, he scored the goal uh, to tie it up at, at, at two which is fantastic, and it was like, okay, here we go. And it was early in the third. And it was so, early. so at that point, I thought, okay, they do have a shot now because they tied it up again. They've climbed the mountain twice, but like I said, sometimes it takes so much out of you to try to climb that mountain and get back into it. Martinez made amends basically for the turnover that he had before, and they're right back in the game. But at that point, you're still wondering. It's like, okay, Robin Leonard's playing well. 
But Carey Price, and, and that goal, the Martinez goal, remember this too, the initial shot comes, Carey Price catches that puck 99 out of 100 times. It was a goal that Martinez was right there and he took advantage of it, but that's one that I know for a fact Carey Price would like back because they gave Vegas an opportunity, and Martinez, who's really a more intelligent player than I even realized. I always knew he was a good player, but he just doesn't make mistakes. And like I said, okay, he had the turnover. His stick broke on that play. But but he's a big part of this, but he was right on the doorstep. Carey Price made probably the only mistake he made all night, and Martinez capitalized on it to put him right back in the game. You can make the argument that uh, Carey Price could have pitched a shutout last night as well, too, with those two goals that that, that he gave up. So then we go into overtime, and then uh, it didn't take long like we've been accustomed to seeing. We just saw it the night before with the Islanders in Tampa Bay, with the Islanders sending this to a seventh game with a quick overtime uh, goal. And the same thing happened again last night, except the difference was this ended the series, this ended the season for the Golden Knights, and the Montreal Canadiens get the job done, and they win 3-2 to two in overtime and eliminating the Golden Knights so there are plenty of questions here. Uh, let's let's first start with, you know, the closeness of this series could have gone either way. Uh, three of the last four games go into OT. Golden Knights on the short end of two out of uh, of three of those. Just a, a kind of unfortunate. What was your feeling when we went to the OT? Well, when they went to the OT, I thought Carey Price is going to be awful difficult to beat in this uh, situation here. And we spoke about it um, beforehand. Carey Price, he's had a great career. For most of his career, he's been considered the best goalie in the league, whether he's in the running for the Vesna Trophy or not because he's played on some teams that weren't that great. He's got to be looking at this as by far his best chance to win a Stanley Cup. And I don't know that they get back here again, and that's not a shot at the Montreal Canadiens, but when we go back and they don't have a Canadian division, the normal division they play in is much tougher than it was up in the Canadian division this year. So I think that he's fired up for that. The young players are coming to the forefront. The veterans have played well for Montreal. So I thought they were going to be tough to beat, but I thought, okay, this is one of those things, you know. And remember, too, in the overtime, you have the long change again like you do the second period. And I mentioned to the people I was with, watch for some kind of a breakaway or odd man rush. Because usually in the overtimes, it's either a goal that bounces off people and it's kind of a greasy, kind of nasty, dirty goal, like Martinez scored against the Blackhawks years ago to send them to the Stanley Cup final, or it's an odd man rush type situation. Carey Price made some huge huge saves, one on Pacioretty, and then he made the save that went off his shoulder. I think it was Martinez that actually took the shot, and then they got the odd man rush, and Lekkanen made no mistake on it whatsoever. I'll tell you what, I mean, Caulfield, Nick Suzuki, Lek- I mean, the youngsters on this team, I know there's some veteran leadership, but, boy, they have some youngsters that are fun to watch, and they have speed, and they have no fear right now. It's almost like, and again, to use a, a Vegas-type term, they're playing with house money. They have an opportunity, and they seize it up to this point. Now, does that mean they're going to win the Cup? I'm not going to go that far. Like I mentioned, since 93, five Canadian teams have made it to the final. None of them have won. But they're in a position right now that they probably didn't think they were going to be in, and I think part of it is because they look at all these odds. I can't recall... The last time that a team won a best-of-seven series, won it in six, and they were not only a huge dog going into the series pricing, but they were literally a dog in every game. Yes. Even at game six, after taking that lead, 
they never got any respect from the odds makers. Every game, in every game, they were a substantial underdog. Yeah, last night was, Amazing. I think, only minus 145, yeah. by far the lowest one. Right. But even, I mean, even that's a decent size. I mean, that's still so, <laughs> yeah. I mean, as I'm saying. they yeah. got zero respect, yeah. even as great as they were playing. But, again, a lot of this is skewed because it's because Vegas. Because it's in Vegas. It's and Vegas. I get that, and, but and, it's still and, like. And the bookmakers have to protect themselves because there's tons of, of you know, a future money there. But have you ever uh, seen that in, in, in a, in a baseball playoff, no, an NBA, no. or a hockey? But, it, but again, it's we've never been in a situation where it's skewed like this when you have and, and, the, and I get that. The, the house team. Because there is no house team in, but even, in gambling. But even on the offshores, I yeah. believe Vegas was still a, a, a slight favorite in all the well, games. Well, no, no. The, the lines are always going to be the same. But again, they're going to be set here. And so they're going to skew that and everyone's going to follow. And then you know people are going to go back and look like, okay, well, let's see. They had the most victories. you know, And we, we know they tied with Colorado with points and victories. But they had the most victories and the most points of, of anybody. Okay, and, and, and kudos it, to Matt Hold on our show for coming out and saying, yes. if you're going to make money on this series, even if you think Vegas is going to win, the only way to do it is to bet Montreal on all the games. Well, because you only have to win one or two. Right. Well, they won four of the six. Yeah, not, so, so you're cashing a lot of tickets. Not only that, but uh, I, I don't know if he wants me to say this or not. Well, I mean, he'll, he'll probably say it when we see him on Monday, but our very good friend, Double B, Brian Benowitz, bet Montreal after that conversation with Matt Holt, after game one, and Double B got plus 700 on the Montreal Canadiens. So, yeah, he was a little bit bummed because we always hear him say wee, wee, wee because he's a big Golden Knights fan, season ticket holder, and, and that sort of thing. But, yeah, after game one, he said, the value. I, I, I've got to go ahead and put some money on this in the value. And he took the money that he had in his pocket, and he says, G- give me the Canadians uh, to, to win the series. And he goes, I'll be happy either way, but 7-1, to one, he's not crying today. Wow, next year he's betting USC over UCLA in football, isn't he? <laughs> I mean, you, wow. You can bring that up on Monday. Double B. Yeah. Betting against. Well, I, I guess that cushion's a blow if you're going to lose. At least you might as well cash in doing it. But, you know, again, smart. That's a smart business move. You're going to go ahead and get plus 700. And, you know, all you have to do is is get the season, uh, get the series even. And they're on the road because when you, you know, split, then you regain. Actually, not regain, but you take home ice advantage. Because you got the majority of games at, at at your home spot, and, and, and you, it, it just holds serve with that. And you know it's interesting too, because you talk about that he made that bet after game one, the the overreaction of the lines and people after a game one. Colorado, what they did to Vegas in Game One, and all of a sudden they became a huge favorite. It was one game; it was an anomaly. We talked about That's that. When you jump on Se- it, Season yeah. One, when Vegas played the Washington Capitals, Vegas wins the first game. All of a sudden, oh, people are planning the parade route and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. In a seven-game series. It's about adjustments. Yeah, it's nice to win the first game, but the series is far from over. And we've seen that over and over and over again, but yet people still continue to do that. So I'm starting to think that the key to making money if you're betting on seven-game series is wait to see who loses game one and then see what the odds go to. Well, this all goes back to like the in-game theory as well, too. I mean, you can jump on these in-game lines like we've talked about so many times, and, and if you get you know behind... Uh, you won nothing and you still believe that your team has a shot to come back and win, then that's when you're going to get the ultimate value. And, in, and instead of Lane, and I can guarantee you there were probably a lot of Golden Knights betters and fans when they fell behind to Montreal won nothing in the game last night that they say, hey, now I can get plus money because they skew it that way. It's an algorithm, so it just automatically goes that way. But yeah, it's even more heavily skewed when the, when the Golden Knights score first or, again, they win that first game. The Golden Knights... Started the series 
as a minus 500 favorite. Went 450, went up to 500. We talked to Chuck Esposito, Nick Bogdanovich, and they're going, wow, here we go. And then, like you said, when we talked to Matt Hold on Monday, at that point in time, we're getting ready for game two. He goes, if you like the Golden Knights now, well, now you got to lay 1100 minus 1100 to win $100. But if you like Montreal and you believe that they can even up this series at T-Mobile in game two, and then now you know have some luck with this going back to Montreal, which they did, yeah, you cash in plus seven hundred after game one. That's that's smart way. Even if you lost that bet, it's, you, it's still the right bet. It's exactly, exactly. Yeah, you, you don't win every. Not every bet that you win was the wrong was the right side, and not every bet that you lose was the wrong side. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just like in hockey. The, the the team that outplays the other team doesn't always win the game. That's one of the frustrating things about it. And you know it's interesting too because I know Chuck here down at Sunset Station and uh, you know all the sportsbook directors all around town. They all say they're cheering for the Golden Knights even if it takes a little hit to the sportsbooks. You gotta wonder if in the back of their head a little bit they're going, you know, this was a really good series for us. <laughs> oh, there's no question. Oh yeah, it's it's great business. I mean, at the end of the day or the end of the you know your weekend or you know you're wrapping up a season and you're looking at this. Look what we did. And that's what they do. I mean, they look at they look at all the the day's action, the night's action. And said, hey, and as we know in football, they'll look at the weekend, they'll look at the whole week. Like, hey, you know, this was a profitable week for us, or it was a losing week for us. So, to their bottom line, absolutely. And yeah. this is a money making business. And of course, let's be honest, and they'll admit it too. It's a PR move as well too. You oh, want absolutely. to say the right thing. You want to. It's just like you know when you invite people. To the book, it's like, hey, come, oh, you, congratulations, hey, hope you win, and this and that. Bottom line, but it still is a battle, book versus player. Oh, and, absolutely. And, and and so, of course, you know they, you know, you've never seen, I've never really seen a mad bookmaker. You just you usually don't see that. And even if you want to go old school and go bookies and and you know places that that don't have legalized sports betting. You never see angry angry bookies because they know they they got to be nice and they're going to get your money back eventually. It's just like uh, the house always wins. Just like whether it's blackjack, it's roulette or slots or whatever. Hey, we'll pay you out a royal flush and we'll pay you out all this stuff. Good. You know, here we go. Here's a comp for dinner. Here's a hotel room because the longer you stay, well, we know we'll get it back eventually. Yeah, and, and that's and, the same theory here. And again, you're right. I mean, it, it is smart business wise and everything, and 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 they might even be in a way Golden Knights fans. But from a business standpoint, you know, I mean, it's it it it's definitely the way to go. And you know, it's uh, hockey's big. And and the other thing about it, and we talk about it all the time. And this might be the one place where they they are a little bit bummed is you know. The, the betting on the finals now is probably going to be less because the Golden Knights aren't in there. In yes. fact, there's no doubt about it that it's going to be a lot less. Because a lot of people now that are Golden Knights fans and not hockey fans don't care who wins the Stanley Cup now. They're going to be tuning in baseball or boxing or you know what, the other stuff that's going on, the NBA playoffs, different things out there. Because they don't care. They don't want to see somebody else hoist the Stanley Cup. But, you know, Vegas had a nice season, and they have still gotten more people into hockey all around the board, so... It's a it's a nice thing, and you know, and what this series might have done is for some of the sportsbook directors is turn their staycations into vacations. It's like, okay, uh, yeah, let's pack the bags. Uh, uh, we we actually had a pretty good week here with Vegas and uh, Montreal. Bummer that they're out, but uh, you know, we we can actually go out of town right now. You know what this will probably do though too, and of course the handle will not be near as you know if the Golden Knights were playing like you said. But what it does do, it kind of gets you familiar with a team or teams. So if you are, say, you are a novice hockey fan, but then you like to bet, or you're a better, 
and you just love to have the action, and maybe you're not much of a hockey fan, but you've been betting all these games, and you got a chance now to know Montreal. And you're going to think, wow, okay, now I know this team. Now I know Carey Price. I can see what he's all about. You know, I, I see the style they play. They play a lot of low-scoring, you know, physical type of games. You know what? I'm going to carry this over, and I am going to bet. You know, I'm going to look where the value is. And especially if they're going against a team like maybe Tampa Bay who likes to get up and down the ice. Hey, there's some value there. I'm going to, Maybe I'll bet some unders. And they're going to be a dog my, to Tampa. I'm right. curious to see what the line would be against the Islanders. Yeah. Because I think that's going to be a lot closer. Right. If that's the two that face off there. Right. The Islanders yeah, will still have home ice. So they'll yeah. be a favorite. Right. So, yeah, I think that, you know, from a betting perspective, I think it'll it'll still do well. Just because, and I think you will get that kind of that carryover a little bit. And the same thing with, you know, people are watching the Golden Knights. Okay, okay, we're really into this hockey thing. Hey, you know, and we know that a lot of people are, are have been watching the Islanders in Tampa Bay as well too. And Tampa Bay has become kind of that little sexy, you know, kind of public team as well too because they're defending champs. They've been good for you know last few years and everything. So yeah, maybe maybe it'll be okay. And again. How many people are really going to you know, watch this with intent? Maybe not as in, intently if the Golden Knights were playing, but I think there's that curious factor in the back. You know, Once game one starts on Monday, it's like, okay, let, let, let me dive into this. And then if it is entertaining and we have some close games and some good games, we don't have any 8 nothing blowout games like we saw in game five in that Tampa uh, Islander series, that uh, you know, maybe uh, you know, people are going to watch this. Maybe the television ratings will not be that bad. And we'll see how it goes. And, and speaking of television ratings, this is the last year for NBC, as we know, which I'm very sad about that because you know how I really love NBC's coverage. I think they do it better than anybody. Of course, I still miss Doc Emmerich not doing the play-by-play because he retired earlier this year. Right, just but, a class guy all the way yeah, around. Yeah, and people will eventually get used to ESPN and ABC because they will you know, fit their broadcasts with professional people that, that know hockey, but... NBC and hockey seem to go hand-in-hand, especially with NBC really not having much of the sports landscape except the Olympics Right. over over the last few years, and actually the better part of the last couple of decades. Yeah, and and right now they're crossing their fingers that the Olympics do go on, so, you know, and and we're going to talk about that a little bit later, Mm -hmm. too. But, yeah, and the other thing about it, too, and like you mentioned, it's like, yeah, okay, the numbers aren't going to be as big as if the Vegas Golden Knights were in the final. But one thing for sure, and I'm sure that you could get this across the board from every sportsbook director in town here, every ticket writer and everybody else, they're going to be a hell of a lot bigger than they were five or six years ago before the Vegas Golden Knights were out here. And like you said, maybe some people are going to go, well, Montreal beat us, so now they're going to win the Cup. Because, you know, there is sometimes that thing of two where you want to go like, you know, there's like that, that, that split between people. I want to say that we lost to the Stanley Cup champs, so then I can make the argument, oh, we just would have got our stuff together, we'd be hoisting the trophy. Or sometimes they go the other way and they go, they beat us, so the hell with them. I hope they lose to everybody. But you mentioned Tampa Bay's a sexy pick. And I think they're a sexy pick because people respect their talent. But I also think because they are so good and they won the cup last year in the bubble, which some people want an asterisk, and it's like, Mm. shut up, it is what it is. I mean, that's the way that things went. But... I think there's some people out there that really can't stand Tampa Bay, too, because they are so good, because they do have Kucherov, because Vasilevsky's so good. And then you have Stamkos and Point and Victor Hedman. I mean, they are absolutely stacked from top to bottom. We talk about Vegas and what they're going to do in the offseason. I'm really curious to see what Tampa Bay does in the offseason. They're $17.3 million over the salary cap. 
Does Tom Brady have anything to do with uh, people maybe not liking Tampa Bay? I, I well, for, <laughs> for the crossover, you for, know, for the city all the way around, but for just pure hockey fans, I think it's just. I think a lot of hockey fans really enjoyed when Tampa Bay was the huge favorite to win, and they got swept by Columbus in the first round. Instead of letting that destroy them. They've gotten even better. All right, we'll talk a little bit more about this and the Golden Knights season coming to an end last night with a 3-2 loss in overtime to the Montreal Canadiens. The Canadiens advance to the Stanley Cup final. Who will they face? The Islanders or Tampa Bay? They will face each other in a Game 7 tonight. So we will talk a little bit more about the future of the Golden Knights. Wrap up this season next hour as well, too, so hang tight with us. Dr. Christina Madison is going to join us next hour as well, too. We'll talk to her uh, about some COVID stuff as well, too. And uh, I really want to talk to her about the fan situation as well, not just here in Vegas, but what we've seen. And, you know, I have talked about and even complained about the not the number of fans there in the arena at the Bell Center in Montreal as well, too. So only 3,500 again last night. But, but we but have 15,000 outside. Yeah and, yeah, and they were all completely <laughs> yeah. next to each other. I know. So it was I, sardines in a can. So I want, to, we, I want to talk to Christine about that. So, uh, yes, our uh, public health uh, expert, we will talk with her. And also coming up next, we talk NBA playoffs because tonight is another huge game. It's game two between the Bucks and the Atlanta Hawks. We'll dive into that, and we'll talk about what our eyes saw last night with the Clippers. Doing it again, winning game three. That's what they do. They fall behind these series, 2 nothing. They win game three, and they get the victory against the Phoenix Suns last night. So it looks like we're going to have two competitive series here in the NBA semifinals, actually the Eastern and Western Conference finals. The big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright, he's got some thoughts. We'll hit that next. We are live from Sunset Station. This is Bill Cartwright of the University of San Francisco Dons. You're listening to the T.C. Martin Show. He does not know Westerns, but he does know his sports. I will be there to get him right as much as possible. That sounds so joyful, doesn't he? When he was, like, cutting that promo, he's smiling and everything because he wants to, you know, the USF dons. He's all proud about that. Then he wants to get a dig in at me, and then he gets even more smiley. I don't know. What am I gonna do with this guy? Well, I know he was big time smiley when he saw Nomchuk with the Don's, uh, you know, with the Don's jersey when we were at the Cosmopolitan a while back. So. <laughs> oh, I'm wondering how he's feeling right about now because, you know, we, us basketball guys, us junkies, you know, we're not real happy with the product that we're seeing on the floor right now, and I'm just real curious with the former five-time NBA champ is thinking about these playoffs, where we're at right now, the style of basketball. Oh, there goes another three. Oh, yeah. Oh, the Bucks just shot another three. Yeah, see, it doesn't stop. Wait, there's the shimmy before the three. Yes. They're celebrating it going in the bucket before they even let it go. <laughs> Big Bill Cartwright. What's going on, my man? It's a great day, and nice day. I needed you out here today. Uh, I just got off the driving range with my buddy, your friend, Don Levine. Oh, beautiful. Uh, he's, he's trying to get me right. Uh, so it's uh, it, was, it was a great day, and I actually had a few balls uh, kind of straight. So I'm, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Yeah, see, Donnie Levine, a great guy. Uh, now, right, his son, Spencer, right, on the tour, right, on the PGA Tour. And uh, he's, he's, he's an iconic golf uh, legend and teacher of the game there in, in Sacramento. So, yeah, I'm glad that uh, Donnie can straighten you out a little bit. 
That's good. I didn't, I didn't say he straightened me out. I said that he's, he's making me better. <laughs> I don't know if anybody can can heal me uh, uh, all the way, but uh, he is a he is a great coach. So he's uh, he's, he's getting me he's getting me there. Get me there. It's gonna take. Uh, it's gonna take a while. Maybe Donnie needs to turn you on to a chiropractor or uh, you know somebody else. Uh, you know to, to straighten you out that way. How's that? Yeah, you know, uh, I would love to have a chiropractor. Uh, masseuse. I would love How about a full-time masseuse? masseuse? You'd like that, wouldn't you? I, I I would need that masseuse pretty much every day for my for my old body. A lot of a lot of collisions, but. Uh, you know, for for a guy that you know ran in a feels like a car every day, I, I'm, I'm doing all right. You know, Numchuck actually has a place for you. If you're interested in masseuse, you just gotta let him know what what what's, what size you're looking for. Are you looking for petite? You know, a five three, five eight. You know, six six footer. Just let Numchuck know. Handle that for you. Just go to legitimate places like you do already, <laughs> Bill. You know how to run your life properly. Do not listen to Numchuck on this one. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, those places, that's not the masseuse that I'm looking for. Oh. So, as you know. There, there, so, are, there, there are non, uh, non-masseuse places or non-legitimate no, masseuse places? Believe it or not, not every therapist in Vegas actually has a license. Really? I did not know that. Okay. Well, stay correct. Well, it, is, it is interesting that you know that, but... Uh, um, very interesting, but uh, I I will take a uh, massage every day. Yes, I, I, I need one. Yes, the massage, uh, the pedicure. Uh, you got you got to love it there. Yeah, we, we we love putting our 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 feet in water, don't we? There you go. Okay, my friend, let's talk a little NBA. Last night, the Clippers they got it done, one hundred six ninety two over the Suns. Phoenix now leads the series two games to one. And the, the Clippers snapped a nine-game winning streak for the Phoenix Suns here in this postseason. Paul George, 27 points. Reggie Jackson, no, not that Reggie Jackson, had 23. So he contributed. Uh, Bill, what, what did you make of uh, this game last night? Well, I'm a little uh, baffled. And you, and you can ask me this, too, because there's so many guys that have been affected by all these injuries that have happened. And it's really remarkable. And it all started with, you know, the Lakers, LeBron and Anthony, and those guys played barely half the season and, and really limped home. And, and now, uh, you know, Kevin Durant hurt. Uh, um, James Harden hurt. Irving hurt. Uh, you know, Kawhi hurt. All these guys hurt. And most of them played barely half the season. And it's really confusing. And if you can remember, uh, you know, right before we ended up being the, the Pistons, you remember seeing Isaiah Thomas dragging his leg up and down the floor trying to win a championship. What is, what is going on with all these injuries, especially with the fact that what do you think? Do you see all these injuries with these guys playing half the games? It is. It, I, I guess it's a testament or lack thereof of maybe their off season 
preparation. I know we talk a lot about that with Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, you know, the reason for their injuries. And we hear that those guys are not workout machines, not taking care of their body. Uh, On the contrary, though, I'll say this. I am shocked. I am surprised that Paul George has stayed healthy. And our good friend, Dr. Yu, did the surgery on him here in Las Vegas when he got, you know, uh, injured with that leg injury, that horrible leg injury years and years ago here. And now he is being asked basically to carry this team on his shoulders, utilizing his legs, playing more minutes than he's ever ever played. And this guy hasn't got hurt yet. And I'm just waiting for him to break down like we've seen with Chris Paul as well. Now we know that Chris Paul missed time basically because of COVID here. And that caught everyone by surprise. But Every playoff season for at least the last, what, you know, three or four, Chris Paul's been injured. So, yeah, you, you bring up a good point. But are you a little bit surprised that, that Georgia stayed healthy? No, I'm surprised that all these teams, all these stars, with, with playing 50 games at best, that they're injured at all. There's, 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 there's got to be a reason for that, and it's – and somebody's got to be held accountable. Now, what is it? Is it is it conditioning? It's raining. Is it uh, uh, toughness of the uh, players themselves? Uh, what is it? But something's going on to where you can have your players that you've been prepping for the season. It's not like you loaded them up with minutes, and they're hurt during the playoffs, and it just. Just like everything else right now, it doesn't make any sense that these guys should be hurt at all. You know, Bill, I know there's an old old adage in sports that you have to know the difference between pain and injury. Do you think some of these guys today that they maybe don't know that? I mean, you're talking about guys, and and, and I'm not saying Chris Paul isn't injured and that he hasn't been hurt and that kind of stuff, but I think I hearken back to the days with guys in your era and that, like a guy like Allen Iverson who was hitting the ground every time he drove to the bucket. And, I mean, that guy took an absolute pounding, and he was out there every single game doing everything he could to try to win. And you mentioned guys like Isaiah Thomas and, you know, guys back then. It just seemed like unless you had to drag them off the court, no matter how bad they were banged up. And now it seems like guys are willing to sit out with, uh, you know, stuff that they probably would have played through back in the in the olden days. And maybe that was dumb on their part, but it sure made their reputation of being tough guys a little bit more. Well, it just seems odd to me. Now, now doesn't this make sense? You're, you're, you're playing fewer games. Fewer, like if I have. Shouldn't that mean that you should be ready at the end of the season? Not less. You've played, you've played less. A lot less. So shouldn't that equate to you should be, all those guys should be healthy? Now, now accidents happen where guys, you know, you have a collision, you fall, and maybe you hurt Achilles, a knee. But not, not all these guys. This is uh, this is contrary to common sense. He's had less time off, and you should be better rested, and you should be ready to go for the playoffs. This is what you're good for anyway. So on that so, note, let, let me ask you this. So Kawhi Leonard, we don't know when he's going to get back on the floor. There was some talk maybe he could be back for, for game number four. Now we're hearing that the injury could be a lot more serious. Who knows? But I don't know if you caught this or not, but we're seeing 
you know, pictures of him sitting in the luxury box at the Staples Center last night with his kid on his lap. And, you know, I really want to get your take on this because I'm thinking, you know, you need to be on the bench. And I understand COVID, the benches are a little bit different now, but still, you've got to be there as a teammate, don't you? I think 100% he needs to be there as a teammate so he can help these guys. He can notice some guys. But just being disconnected away from the team, this guy isn't – he's not on the shelf for, for the rest of the season here, the rest of this series. And they're talking about this guy coming back. As a teammate, what, what, what do you think about your star, your leader, and these bench guys who have been cheering for him – all of this time, and now all of a sudden, where's Kawhi? We need him. Oh, he's up there in the luxury box having some drinks and some popcorn with his family. It's not a good look. Well, I think some guys are that way. Not like um, some guys want to be part of that, and they want it. They're, they're comfortable doing that. And there's some guys that are better that are just not. When they're injured, they they may have a feeling that uh, they're letting the team down. There's people for them. Watch it, so they're better off watching that than just look. For me, I I I don't really care about that because you're not playing anyway. So um, if he's there, I think it's it, it's great. It's great support. Uh, maybe you can give some of those guys some insight to the to the players. Uh, but if that yeah. if he's not that kind of guy, he's not that kind of a vocal guy. Uh, he might as well hang out with his kids. I'm 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 good with that. Okay, but are you? How about in your day? In you're in a playoff series, a meaningful playoff series. Was did was there anybody like that that you had an injury and the guy was either on the bench or he was away? And what were, what were the thoughts? What were Phil Jackson's thoughts on that? What would be your thoughts as a head coach here? And again, it's your star player as well, too. Uh, I, I think that's fine, and I think it's for those reasons exactly. That some guys are, they they want to be down there. They they want to be giving advice to their teammates. They want to play their ball. And there's some guys that just they're just not very good at it. But don't you agree that makes that guy look selfish? I mean, you just said it yourself. Hey, guys that want to be there, and the guys appreciate that. Especially a guy like this. I mean, you're trailing the series. You may be able to to point something out and 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 help out. I'm just saying, you know, that's, you know, I know you're okay with that. I get that part. It's like, okay, it, it doesn't matter. But if you're in the middle of it, and, you know, I don't know how Ty Lue feels about it or any of those Clipper players feel about it, but to me, and I, and I know a lot of people are talking about this today too, it just makes the guy look selfish. It's not a good look. And I think you would agree with that. It's not a good look. Well, look, I don't care what it looks like. This is my thing is that if I know you, if I know you, TC, if I, if I know the guys, right. if I know who they are, and I know who they care, uh, it's like that's just like being a teammate. You know, I, I know him. I know he cares, but he this, that's not his role. So that's why it's okay for the man. You know, well, maybe outwardly it looks bad, uh, but that's fine because, because it, you know, he's my teammate. He, he's injured. He doesn't want to be. Uh, it, it's painful for him to watch. Uh, he's at the game, but he's not. Uh, he's not on the court. Eh, I'm good with it. That's that's my teammate. That's part, that's part of my family. So that's why I'm I'm kind of okay with that because I I understand. We, we saw uh, the same I'm thing with Kyrie sure Irving as well too with Boston. We we saw that, and I think he got some some um, some some negative feedback as well too. And you know, remember too, Kawhi Leonard's going to be a free agent at the end 
Maybe he's you know thinking, hey, I'm not getting back anyway, so you know maybe I'm not that connected to to this team. Well, and it's not like Kawhi Leonard hasn't played on various teams throughout his career, but it, the look that I think you're saying that he feels like, at least to some of the public, and again, Bill said you know he doesn't care, and maybe some of his teammates don't care, but to the general public and to the media, which I know a lot of players really don't give a damn what the media <laughs> thinks about stuff, but but it kind of, it almost gives that look of like you're playing for the name on the back of the jersey and not the name on the front. You know, you know. Well, you you can see that, but like I said, if I'm close to that guy and I know him, uh, it's okay because I I already know how he feels, and he knows how I feel, so we're, we're good. So uh, and look, Kawhi's uh, already left the championship team, so why are we even worried about free agency? We know he'll leave in a heartbeat if it's best. For him. Exactly. Big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright uh, joining us. All right, my friend. Uh, tonight we've got the Bucks. Uh, do you fear the deer there? And what do you think about this team? Again, they lost their first playoff game at home in game one to Trey Young and company, 48 points. Uh, the the Bucks blew a seven-point lead with right about the four-minute mark in this contest. So now what is going to happen here? And I don't know about you, but this is getting to be a hard team to watch. And we've seen the collapses from this team the last few years. And we're seeing Giannis struggle again from the perimeter, struggling at the free throw line. It kind of seems like the same old, same old. And I thought, okay, maybe this year this is going to be the year that this team really puts it together. But what are they doing, Bill? They're shooting 30% from three again. And they're putting up 45, 48, 53s a game. I don't know. It's getting hard to watch. What are your thoughts? You that game was a a game of runs, and the team who was the most aggressive won out. And down the stretch, you saw Milwaukee; they melted. So they, they've just got to be tougher. They've got to be better. They've got to be tougher mentally. You got to be able to step up and make some free throws. Um. And also, you've got to be able to, to change, uh, and I'm laughing, your screen roll coverage, which is preposterous right now. Maybe maybe move up, play them at the level. Don't, don't let them get in the lane. Let somebody else beat you besides their best score. I mean, just all that common sense stuff that we talked about all year has to happen. But, you know, Milwaukee has to win this game tonight or, or this series is over, so... Uh, they've, they've got to come with everything they have. And get the ball in the basket. And, and look, <laughs> you should uh, um, go to the league and you're just going to any team and say, hey, look, I want to do one thing for you. I want to be a blockout coach. <laughs> because clearly, you guys don't know how to block out. It could be one on three, and that that one guy is going to get the rebound because you guys can't, can't block out. And that's the whole freaking league. So there, there, there you go. There's your job right there. You I, are I love that. Are you kidding me? I love that. I'll, I'll do my shell drill. We'll do the three-on-three three rebounding drill, box out, screen out all day long, my friend. I'm down for that. Let's go. And that's going to be a pain position for me? That was routine in my practices every day, man. As you well know, you, you've got to do the block out. You're right. I'm tired of standing around. I'm tired of the offensive boards. If I see Clint Capella get another 8-10 offensive boards, I'm going to go sick tonight. Come on, let's go, box. Let's get it together. I mean, from Milwaukee to Green Bay to to my ladies in Superior there. I mean, let's go. Bring it home. Let's go. Fear the deer. 
here's the deer. Better you better bring something out because this is it. Well, it, it, I know they want to fear the deer, but it may may or may not be the year of the deer. We'll find that out soon enough. But it hasn't been either. But it's about time. And Bill, Bill, you mentioned something about free throws on that too. And I just uh, saw today that Atlanta is complaining about Milwaukee taking more than ten seconds on the free throw line. Is is this a legitimate concern, or is it another thing that they're trying to put in Milwaukee's head and uh, and get a little bit of gamesmanship with the officials there to make them think about something even more? When they are at the line, they're already struggling, and now they might have something else to worry about if they get a violation or so. Yeah, that's nothing to worry about. Look, um, whether he shoots it at 10 or later, he's still missing them. So what has what uh, Atlanta bitching about? <laughs> the results are that they're not shooting free throws very well. Just, go, just be the aggressor. Be the aggressive. It's always funny that you know you see guys shoot free throws. To me, there there are good and bad free throw misses. A bad free throw, a good free throw miss is is long. You shoot it long, you shoot it strong. If not shooting a free throw and it doesn't get to the rim, it's short. It's a bad free throw. It's got no chance. It's like a putt. It's just short. You got no chance of getting there. So. Um, I don't know. I, I I can't call it. Look, this is the biggest game. These are the biggest games of the year. This is why you've been playing. Uh, it's playoff time. You can do something special out here. Uh, you can try to win a championship. Uh, it's, it's not a time to be thinking. It's a time to get stuff done. So um, just play play your best game. Play your most most aggressive game. Um, you, your 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 best players have got to play. Uh, everybody knows, like when I put the movies with DC, your stars have got to be stars. If it's not, it's a bad movie. That's why. Uh, <laughs> that's why we love Black Panther. That's, so, that's why you love Black Panther, exactly. Chad, Chadwick Boseman, rest in peace, though. I, I, I'll say it and again. At least the popcorn was good, and Sherry provided the popcorn that night. But the movie, man, forget about that. And again, I tell you, you you, you got to be able to select better seats. You can't sit in these front rows, especially a guy like you, seven foot. I'm a guy six two. I don't want to rear my neck back, so I'm looking at that screen. Especially the the money you're paying to go to the movies. Sit in the back. Sit in the luxury box. Let's be like Kawhi Leonard up there. Come on, I, man. I don't, I don't understand how that got to be my responsibility when we were in Vegas, and I and I live in Sac or I live in San Francisco. It seems to me that was your responsibility. All right, well, listen. You picked out the movie. All right, you and the missus picked out the movie. That was that was that was your thing. I said, hey, I'll, I'll go along for the popcorn. No doubt about it. Jeez. Hey, can I, can I help it? Can I help it? was a great movie. Hey, I, at, le- at least you had some good Albondigas soup before that movie, okay? At least I took care of the food, okay? I always take care of the food. You know that. You can't even help with a, picking the right seats at a movie theater? Well, I, I do know if you're going to go in the luxury box that your daughter's a little old to be bouncing on your knee up there. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's just true. <laughs> uh, all right, man, who wins tonight? Bucks or, or Hawks? Is Trey Young going to get contained by Drew Holiday? Real quick, give me the winner tonight. I, I will be. Uh, I'm going to take Milwaukee. I'm going to be very surprised if they don't win. Uh, this is it. This is it. You better win this game, or uh, or you're pretty much done. So, uh, yeah, I got Milwaukee. And you, uh, you still going with your Phoenix Suns uh, over over the Clippers, or the Clippers that just has a found new life here? No, and and you know the reason why I like Phoenix because they've they've done it the right way all year. They've stayed together. 
they've stayed healthy for the most part. They've got, I, you know, you know that I like things that are done the right way. So uh, you, you got to kind of root for them. Just like I, I kind of want to root for Milwaukee. I kind of think they've done things the right way all year. Right. Agree. So, so those two teams, I'm about pulling for them. Uh, let's hope. Uh, let's hope they pull through. Now, who do you got? I'm with the Bucks. I'm with you with Phoenix as well. Again, I did like the Clippers last night. I figured they would win last night just because they've been dominant in these game three situations, and you know Booker with the face mask. But I think you know, okay, Phoenix is going to win that series. There's no doubt in my mind about that, especially without Kawhi Leonard. But yeah, the the Bucks are. I, I, I think the Bucks get it done tonight if they don't forget about it, but they just they're frustrating me the way they're playing again. And I know that you and I talk about this a lot, the style of basketball and everything. They just don't play with enough urgency and that is what has hurt them in the past. And if I see that again tonight, uh it, it's gonna make me sick. But I, I fully expect one of these one twenty two to ninety eight games by the Bucks, because we've seen that. If they're hitting their threes, they could blow them out. So I kind of expect that tonight. Overall in the series, let's give Atlanta a little bit of credit here. I don't know how they're getting it done with just Trey Young, but uh, you know, yeah, I, I would like to see the Bucks. So I'm with you on that. All right. Plus, we know the Milwaukee and Phoenix both got some pretty good restaurants as well too. We know that, right? That's the most important thing. Food is the most important thing here. Yeah, it, it does. It does appear that way. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my man. We appreciate you checking in uh, with us today. Uh, we'll talk to you over the weekend. Have a good one, and uh, we'll continue watching this NBA stuff. All right, so so keep your eyes open. Try not uh, throw too much stuff at the television. Let's hope not. Who knows? Somebody make it a post up tonight. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, block out. That'd be nice. All right, brother. Take care. He is the five-time <laughs> NBA champion, the Chicago Bulls. Big Bill Cartwright. Three as a player, two as a coach. You gotta love that. So when it comes to the food, are you a big fan of venison? Uh, not really. I've tried it, but just again, you know, coming from here, then going back there, I learned to like it a little bit, but it, it wasn't part of my my DNA, so to speak. You know? Do they serve it at Froggies? Uh, on occasion, I believe. Okay. Froggies. Froggies. Season. Yeah. season. Yeah. You're in deer hunting season. All right, we're coming back next hour. Talk a little bit more NBA, Vegas Golden Knights, Major League Baseball, and more. T.C. Martin, Ballpark Frank with you live from Sunset Station here at the STN Mobile App Studios on a fabulous Friday.